1: absolutely anybody could be like mary be like mary log on to chumbacasino.com and play for free now no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details the voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner
0: the exxon radio show with rob mcconnell is largely an opinion talk show
1: Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, UK high-definition radio, Euro high-definition radio, Star Cable, and Exxon TV. 1-800-610-7035, toll-free worldwide. Email exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, exxonradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. There was a press conference held earlier today, and four members of the U.S. Air Force Force claim aliens interfered with nuclear weapons, including during one of the most famous UFO incidents in Britain. UFO researcher Robert Hastings held a press conference in Washington uh, today to address the vital issue of UFO incursions at U.S. nuclear sites over the past six decades. Mr Hastings said more than 100 former or retired US Air Force personnel once entrusted to operate or guard weapons of mass destruction have come forward and revealed ongoing UFO surveillance of and occasional interference with our nuclear weapons. Now this is a quote from Mr Hastings. The information alters the historical perspective of the on the nuclear arms race and much much more. The fact that the Pentagon and CIA have successfully kept the truth from the public for so long is, it se- is in itself mind-boggling. Next on the Randall Shem Forest incident, often described as Britain's Roswell, was used as one of the examples of evidence of aliens that had targeted nuclear weapons. Now, for those of you who may not remember, the incident happened in the early hours of December the twenty-seventh, 1980, and was never fully explained. Several U.S. Air Force personnel reported seeing a strange metallic object hovering in the forests near RAF Woodbridge in Suffolk. The object apparently had left three uh, depressions, or landing marks, in the ground. But papers released by the National Archives show the Ministry of Defense's final position was that there was no evidence of anything having intruded into British airspace. Joining me now on the telephone from the Washington Press Club, where this first press conference was held earlier today, is Steve Bassett. Now, Steve is the, excuse me, the leading advocate for ending the 63-year government-imposed truth embargo regarding extraterrestrial presence engaging, engaging in the human race. Steve is a political activist, commentator, and columnist. He is also the executive director of the Paradigm Research Group, and Political Action Committee, Pac, and the executive producer of The X Conference. His work has been extensively covered by the international media, and the website for the Paradigm Research Group is www.paradigmresearchgroup.org. Joining me now from Washington, D.C., is Steve Bassett. Steve, how are you? Good, sir. Uh,
2: As always, I am great and happy to be on your show.
1: Steve, you covered the uh, press conference now. I've got got to take my commercial break in about a minute, Steve. Uh, Can you you just set up the press conference for us?
2: All right. uh, I didn't cover it. I'm not a journalist. I'm an activist, but I was there. Uh, And it was an extremely important event. It it had at least 20-some reporters in there, approximately 10 camera crews from various stations. You could not tell which, but I'm sure we're going to see a number of media video interviews. Uh, it lasted two hours. I left before the one-on-one interviews took place, but I'm sure they're taking place now. And most importantly, it was live streamed by CNN, the entire two hours. And so wow. that will be up on CNN's site, I am certain. It will also be captured by others and will be in YouTube in due course. So the full press conference is available worldwide. Uh, and I've much to say about it, but it's one of the most important press conferences on the subject ever held and it could generate some, some substantial uh, downstream impact.
1: All right, Steve, please stand by. You and I have to take our first commercial break. We'll be back in two minutes. Steve Bassett is our special guest. He's the executive director of the Paradigm Research Group, www.paradigmresearchgroup.org. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Steve Bassett is my very special guest of this hour. Steve is uh, has just uh, come out of a press conference in Washington D.C. that was held at the uh, National Press Club, and uh, the uh, the press conference was with reference to members of the United States Air Force coming forward and saying, "Hey, listen. Aliens interfered with nuclear weapons. Joining me now from Washington D.C. is uh, Steve Bassett, who is the executive director of the Paradigm Research Group. And, and Steve, um, who was in attendance at the at the conference, giving the press conference, and was there anything that really shocked those in attendance? Hmm. Well, the
2: conference was put together by Robert Hastings who was the author of UFOs and Nukes, an extremely important book that that lays all of this out in, obviously, a much more comprehensive fashion. Uh, But, of course, along the way, he had to interview many witnesses related to that subject, uh, including a number who have come forward in the past. uh, And that that opened up the door for putting together a press conference with a number of the key witnesses, you know, coming before the media. Uh, he put this conference together with the assistance of Captain Salas, one of the key, uh, witnesses. Uh, it was reasonably well promoted in advance, got substantial advanced coverage, more than I've seen in a long time, and as a result, substantial reporters were there, at least 20 and 10 camera crews. The long and the short of it is that, um, Lieutenant Colonel Dwayne Arneson, um, uh, I, I, let me see, what is, uh, 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 Commander, um Bruce Fern, Fernsmaker, Lieutenant Colonel Charles Holt, Researcher Robert Hastings, uh, Lieutenant, uh, Robert Jameson, uh, and, um, uh, Command uh, Navy uh, Chief uh, Patrick McDonough, um, Deputy Missile Crew Commander Jerry Nelson, and Captain Robert Salas, all who over the years have been involved in incidents in which, uh, UFOs in some cases, hovering 100 feet to 300 feet off the ground, clearly discernible in terms of shape, with flashing and rotating lights, and disks running between approximately 30 and 50 feet in diameter, uh, engage nuclear facilities. And in most and, and most notably, uh, affected nuclear missiles by shutting them down. Not destroying them, mm. but shutting them down. They were later uh, turned back on, and were functional. These are extraordinary events. They've been known to the UFO ET research community for some time. Uh, they've gotten publicity, uh, the initial publicity in the modern era comes when Bob Salas comes forward courageously. Uh, but the media has been able to generally sidestep it, which is what they do. I mean, that's how the truth in Barco lives on. However... What uh, these gentlemen have done is create a two-hour press conference that was soberly and low-key delivered, wrapped up by signed affidavits from each of the witnesses. Uh, it was run tight. It was only really open to the press, credentialed press, and political staffers that have shown up. There were only a couple of publics sitting in the back, uh, and it was just solid from beginning to end. There were some speculations, of course, that emerged regarding the intention of extraterrestrials, uh, in these events, it, did they, were they threatening or were they sending a message? It's all provocative, but they made it clear these were speculations. Only the ETs know exactly what their intentions were with respect to these incidents. Mm-hmm. Uh, the questions from the media were strong. They were fine. There was only one silly question asked, and that was from the reporter from Wait For It, the Washington Post. What
1: was his question?
2: Uh, and, I'm
1: sorry? What was his question?
2: After listening to two hours of extraordinarily compelling Mm -hmm. and important national security testimony, his question was how come the audio tape of uh, Lieutenant Colonel Charles Holt regarding that he he made the night that he was out, you know, the night he was out there trying to address what was happening in Randolphson Forest turned up at some cocktail parties. Uh, I almost fell off my chair. But let me let me let me state. And I and I I say this without knowing what the, this gentleman's article is going to be. But I'm sure he's going to write something. It'll be in the Washington Post tomorrow, and it may be a great article. But if it reflects that question, then it sadly reinforces the fact of the huge tragedy that the the Washington Post, the uh, well-known and established uh, political paper of record in America, as have failed its readership and the American people by an abysmal coverage of this issue. It's an absolute journalistic disgrace that I do not think they can ever possibly live down. Uh, and I don't think even the great Robert uh, Woodward, Bob Woodward, can save Uh And he's never covered the issue. Uh, but who knows? Maybe just got to write an article. But that was the only ridiculous question. Let me point out that Charles Hall got up there and laid that question completely to rest, made clear what happened, how that happened, and left him absolutely no wiggle room to work off of that. And he, he asked it in a rather smug way. Again, I, I reach out to the Washington Post and say, please, for the sake of your legacy, for the sake of all the good you have done over the years, and the paper has done some great reportage, end your complicity in this truth embargo and stop acting like idiots, and start covering this issue with solid reportage. It's still not
1: too late. You know, I, uh, Steve and I had uh, Peter Davenport on the show last week, and Peter was saying the biggest problem with UFO, um, the UFO field right now is that there are not enough qualified investigators hitting the... streets, you know, pounding the pavement to get the investigation information that is so critical that everything is done electronically, sitting behind a desk now.
2: Well, let's understand something. With almost no exception, all the investigators that have been in the field have not been paid. Yeah. There's no money. There's no research funding. There's nothing. These people have gone into their own pockets. Now some of them have gone bankrupt. Some of them destroyed themselves. Uh, over this issue. And so while I, I appreciate, gee, why isn't there, you know, think tanks? Why isn't there high-paid investigators? The government has embargoed this issue for 60 years. It has made it a national a state policy. that there's nothing here. And they've even gone so far as to undermine the issue and balance the people in it, ridicule it, plant silly articles and, 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 and tabloids that the government founded to the CIA. We're talking about a massive effort of misrepresentation of reality. And the, and the citizens that have engaged us have done so out of their own pocket. And so, you know, I wish there were millions and millions of dollars, but there isn't. And so we need to stop, you know, I guess, pointing at the field and saying, why didn't you do that and why didn't you do this and why haven't this? And just point at the real problem. The real problem is a state political policy that the the acknowledgement and the, the uh, the development of a collective understanding of an extraterrestrial engagement is not to be permitted under state policy. That is the problem. And until we focus there and end that policy of embargo, we will continue to operate in a highly limited situation where the mainstream, highly paid media All can right, now, a free ride and do nothing.
1: Now, yesterday, a story broke out of the United Kingdom, and the story is from uh, The Telegraph. The headline is, you went to appoint space ambassador to greet alien visitors. Uh, let me see. Uh, a space ambassador could be appointed by the United Nations to act as the first point of contact for aliens trying to communicate with Earth. Maslan Othman, a Malaysian astrophysicist, is set to be tasked with coordinating humanity's response if and when extraterrestrials make contact. Aliens who landed on Earth and asked, "Take me to your leader," would be directed to Mrs. Othman. Is this a sign of the times? Is this a sign that you know more and more people are saying, "What's the truth?" That you've got the United Nations now jumping on board.
2: Well, yes. Uh, what, what's in a, in, a, in a few words, what's going on is that the embargo is in its last days. Mm-hmm. A, a growing number of people know this. Some have known it for some time. And obviously it's a big deal, and there are many, many institutions out there who uh, have much to to answer for, who want to be involved in the issue appropriately, whether it's the Air Force, the Navy, the Army, the CIA, the Catholic Church, the UN, uh, political parties, you name it. And what they're doing, and, and, and scientists, mainstream scientists, that don't want to be looked at as like, gee, how'd you miss that, like mm-hmm. Stephen Hawking? What they're doing, without, again, I guess, putting themselves at too much risk, is they're positioning themselves. They're putting out little statements or they're taking measures, uh, such as many of these countries that are releasing thousands of UFO files, to position themselves, to the extent they can, on the right side of the issue, on the side of the angels, as it were. And the UN, poor UN, which has been marginalized by the Cold War-dominated Security Council, Which has been allowed to degrade, uh, to become corrupt, it's been underfunded and ridiculed by the right in America mostly, but from other, other directions, is sitting up there and knows full well, there are plenty of people in the UN that notice an ET presence, and it's thinking, you know, gee, we ought to be the ones that are sort of engaging this on behalf of the planet. The ET didn't come down here to what, hang with the Democratic Party or the Catholics. They, They are engaging the entire human race. And, but we're, we're, we're just neglected. And so this is a small measure on their part to uh, sort of raise their hand and say, don't forget about us. Right. Uh, and, and while it's not significantly impacting in terms of the issue, it is important. And it's going to raise a number of news stories. This is an easy news story. Now, most of the news stories are a little bit silly. and They're mischaracterizing what happened. I mean, they, they essentially are saying, look, this issue seems to be increasingly in the, uh, the, the, the public's awareness and we do have an outer space affairs office. And so we're going to designate this in the person. as kind of a go-to person if things go wrong. Nothing unusual about that. So you, you combine that with the, the repeated statements by the Catholic Church that the ET issue is not a problem for them, mm-hmm. uh, the fact that they've held now two exobiology conferences in in Rome, one at the Vatican, one nearby. When you, uh, when you look at the Royal Society of London holding an exobiology conference. Shortly after the Vatican's conference. The statement by Stephen Hawking. Yeah, ETs he are almost certainly out there, but don't talk to them. These are all positioning maneuvers.
1: Alright, stand people. by, Steve. Steve, you, Steve, Steve, yes, we've got to take our commercial break with the news. Please stand by. ExoNation, Steve Bassett is our special guest at this hour. He is the executive director of the Paradigm Research Group. Their website is www.paradigmresearchgroup.org. And we'll be back on the other side of this news break as the exome continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name's Rob McConnell. Don't go away. Stephen Bassett is our special guest. He is the Executive Director of the Paradigm Research Group. Their website is www.paradigmresearchgroup.org. Steve, was there anything that you yourself were was unaware of when it comes to the the information that, that has been out over the years in the field of ufology that came out today that has never been revealed before?
2: Uh, I'm pretty knowledgeable on the subject. So... I was aware of most everything that was mentioned today by the seminary witnesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, I'm pretty sure that a good deal, most of the reporters in that room were hearing it for the first time, uh, which is fine. You know, it's pretty powerful stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably the one thing that that uh, caught my attention was that uh, the reporter for the Stars and Stripes, which is a you know a, a, a publication which serves the American military. Mm-hmm. Um, asked Robert Hastings if there had been any recent sightings since the ones that were being mentioned in this press conference. I think right. it went up through 1980. And Robert mentioned that there had been a number, uh, 2007, 2003, and several others that he was aware of and was researching. And the, the reason that, that those were not included in today's press conference was that the people involved, in almost every case, were still serving military. And they are not prepared to come before the public until such time as they leave the military. So, uh, what he was saying is that incidents in and around nuclear facilities involving an ET craft are continuing to go on. Now, the other thing I want to mention: this is this is very intriguing. Um, both Robert Wallace and Robert Hastings. Uh, made it clear in their presentation that they personally believe that these events are fundamentally not hostile. Now, the other six gentlemen there were not so committal. They kind of stood down from those speculations. I think the sense I got was that they may be leaning that way, but they're not prepared to make a, defi- make a definitive speculation. And this was asked and brought up by several of the reporters. And it's non-trivial matter. What are the intentions of the ETs with respect to this? And, and obviously, if we weren't living under a truth embargo, mm-hmm. this would be a wonderful debate that you would be seeing all over the television, and perhaps in the colleges and the universities, where people would be interpreting this uh, evidence and events and saying, "Well, what do you think their intention is?" But of course, those debates don't take place. But you know, you've got, uh, those you've got to... You've got it. Don't happen.
1: You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of. Difference of opinion within even the organizations like the United Nations. For example, if we look at the Outer Space Treaty of 1967, UN members agreed to protect Earth against contamination by alien species, by sterilizing them. Like That doesn't sound like a very nice way to, to welcome anybody. <laughs>
2: well, it was, it, we didn't understand that was a long time ago. I think their principal concern was, you know, there, there's evidence of, of the existence of life mm-hmm. in space, that it can actually move through space, and, and, and certain forms, panspermia. Yeah. And, uh, you know, no, there's a legitimate concern about possible contamination. We're, we're sending probes out. We're bringing some back from, from uh, engaging comets, mm-hmm. from uh, uh, engaging the moon and Mars. We're actually engaging the moon. We may eventually bring probes back from Mars, uh, and... So, But that's what that was about. It wasn't like, oh, if any ETs would have to sterilize was. But you know, it's really crude. I mean, you wouldn't see something like that today. Uh, the fact is is that you, be, you can be assured that behind the truth embargo, behind the facade, there are highly sophisticated groups within our military intelligence world and within the military intelligence world of the United Kingdom, but certainly China and Russia, who are thinking about, and developing protocols to deal with full open contact should it take place. Uh, and that linking is highly sophisticated. Uh, obviously, we know nothing about that, because mm-hmm. if they were to allow such thinking to come forward, it could bring the truth and the to an end, and they're not ready to end it.
0: All right, but you, just, you uh, so just... I'm not
2: concerned about our sophistication in the matter, only that the public has been denied involvement too long.
1: All right, you, you said a few seconds ago, should alien contact... Why would you say that if you are so sure that they are here? And even when talking about the military and what they might do, you know, why would you use "should" alien contact? Uh,
2: yes, that is a. Let me clarify. You're right. I'm glad you caught that, Robert. Uh, yeah, what I meant by that is, should full open, okay, alien contact take place, where it's not, you know, at, at a you know, in the middle of the night, one on one between a human and and ETs. Uh, or events that are taking place that are not out in the open, but rather open, acknowledged contact. Uh, you know, ships in the skies, people know it. Uh, engagement between ETs and government, people know it. That kind of contact. Uh, believe me, there's plenty of contact going on, but I refer to that. It is the, that's when we're now, we're, we're, we're over, we're beyond disclosure. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, in the, we're not in the post-disclosure world, we're now in the post-open contact world. That's another major step forward. Uh, and what I'm saying is, is that I can assure you, down, uh, down in the deep recesses of the military intelligence world, highly sophisticated thinking and protocols are being put together to deal with that situation when it comes, comes around. So these things you see happening on the surface, the odd thing by the UN statements in the past, mm-hmm. that's all against, like, it's not substantive really. It's part of the mirage that has been created uh, in order to service the truth embargo.
1: But how can the government agencies cover up such sightings as the Phoenix Lights? Like, thousands of people saw it, a- and yet, here we are several years later, and it's basically been forgotten.
2: Well, it didn't cover up. The truth embargo is a highly sophisticated uh, management program. I mean, they can't, they can't, quote, make the UET secret. They're all over the place. Mm -hmm. Uh, they can't kill all the witnesses off. Uh, what they had to do, and it wasn't easy, but they had plenty of money and, uh, basically carte blanche during the Cold War. What they had to do is to ghettoize the issue. This is a very, very useful and highly effective tool is if you can ridicule it, isolate it, ghettoize it, in this case the walls were not made of bricks, they were made of ridicule, then you can, you can prevent it from becoming an accepted and, 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 and appropriate consensus. If you can keep the, the Congress from, from engaging it, mm-hmm. few or no hearings, if you can keep the media from going past a certain point, if you can prevent funding of citizens' groups, of citizens' research again, by ridiculing the issue so people are just too afraid to touch it, uh, if you can keep the colleges from teaching it, then even though ETs are zipping around all over the place, the citizen effort to resolve the issue will not resolve it. And this is what they did. And, you know, there's nothing unusual about it. Because the Soviet Union had all kinds of propaganda programs designed to prevent the Soviet people from engaging any number of issues. Uh, and succeeded until the whole thing eventually collapsed under the weight of its own mass mendacity. Uh, the U.S. government is simply emulating that, but, you know, it, it's, it's not trying to do it across the board, though I must admit, as I've grown older, as we've approached the modern, you know, the present time, I'm starting to see increasing evidence that the UFOET issue wasn't the only area where the government decided that, the, that simply a straightforward presentation of the facts to the people was in their interest, and that they have been manipulating reality in a number of other areas. They haven't reached the level of the Soviet Union. But it's gone certainly far enough that it is absolutely unacceptable to our constitutional republic in the United States. And let me be clear that other our allies, including Canada and Australia and the United Kingdom, and I think France as well, and other nations, have gone along with this. They are complicit in this without question. Uh, and they have that, they have to answer for this as well. But the truth embargo was primarily practiced in the United States. I think U.S. government rightly calculated that if they can keep the, the, the American people mm-hmm. baffled on this, and if they can keep the citizen effort, uh, chasing, you know, going around in circles, that probably it wouldn't be that difficult for the other nations to stay in line. And so I guess you could say that we did, we carried the water. And, uh, the Canada and the United Kingdom and Australia and some of these other countries just basically rode along with on the back of the truth embargo. They didn't have to work that hard in those countries to keep their citizens basically out of the game. But that's all changing now, Robert, and, and other countries are stepping out, and this whole thing is coming down around it. Let me make it very clear, the truth embargo's days are nearly over.
1: You know, Steve, the, the, the uh, European news is giving the press conference already front-page coverage.
2: I'm not surprised. This is a However, good one. however, Robert, I said in a press release I sent out yesterday afternoon. Yeah, that we are only one media feeding frenzy away but, from but, the uh, end of the truth in embargo, and uh, this could be it.
1: All right, but here's the other side of the coin: mm-hmm. the U.S. media and the Canadian media are giving it very little. In fact, it's not even listed on CNN's site.
2: Well, I, I think you. I think people need to search again. CNN. I, I have confirmation that CNN live streamed the whole thing. Now when they live stream mm-hmm. a conference like that, it's archived, it's up there, you can find it. Well, we, now so that that means that the, the full press conference is going to be available mm-hmm. to every reporter in the world. So I mean we're only you know, the thing only ended an hour and a half ago and they probably didn't complete their one on one interviews until about twenty minutes But ago. what I what I'm so saying,
1: Steve, I, what 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 I'm saying, Steve, is that Oh, yeah. there, there is media out there that is that is showing tidbits. Most of it is uh, the uh, Reuters or AOL uh, feed uh, mm-hmm. releases, and yet CNN, that was there and did an actual two-hour live stream, mm-hmm. has nothing on their website about it.
2: Uh, I, I will predict there will be something on that website before the day is over. Um, you know, this is not. This kind of story Mm -hmm. is not like, you know, some, some starlet, some, some, you know, movie star gets arrested for drunken driving. You know, it's like, boom, bang, there it is. Okay. This is extremely complicated stuff, and I, and I think they are correctly digesting it, and I, I think if they're smart, they are going to digest it a little bit and put something up. I, I'm not Mm -hmm. concerned that something will not be up, CNN will put material up. But, you know, others are going to. This is, uh, remember it this way it's if, if about four days from now mm-hmm. there has been very little coverage in American press I will be stunned and it will be a huge indictment of the American press once again uh, but the you international press is tomorrow. going to be on it and uh, that's <laughs> our feedback here eventually. Mm-hmm.
1: You, you know I, I watched CNN this morning I watched uh, a number of the of the morning news shows uh, just to see if, if the, the conference would get any morning coverage and it didn't
2: it didn't get leading coverage of CNN, but it did by Fox. Fox put out, uh, covered it, I mean, put out several, uh, yeah. stories, uh, and, and, and reprinted several stories that were up on the top Fox site. Um, and, um, uh, AOL News, Pippi mm-hmm. Lee Spiegel ran several articles. There was, there was decent advanced coverage. Again, this, this kind of, look, the kind of advanced coverage it got was pretty darn good. Remember, the, the nature of this, it doesn't lend itself to the startling advance coverage. Uh, I can assure you, if Britney Spears mm-hmm. leaked out that she was going to hold a press conference at the National Press Club and announced that she's really a man, right, and that mm-hmm. she'd undergone a sex change, there'd be 4,000 articles. But this is not that kind of thing. I can tell you from my experience that what I'm seeing so far has the potential to grow very, very rapidly. And what is supposed to happen next is that uh, and some reporters, based mm-hmm. upon either being there or based upon seeing the press conference on the CNN uh, video archive, uh, should approach the uh, press spokesperson for both the Department of Defense, the CIA, for the Defense Intelligence uh, Committee. Uh, for the, I forget who is current. they had several changes there. And they need to be asked questions to pose to Gates and Panetta uh, this is compelling material. These are Air Force officers. These are affidavits. What is the response of the Department of Defense? Oh, by the way, and of course the Air Force. Now, let me be clear. One of the reasons the truth embargo, one of the principal reasons the truth embargo has lasted so long is not because, you know, people in this, these levels of power, like Secretary of Defense and Secretary of Air Force, are brilliant at deftly dancing around such questions, because they're not. The reason the truth embargo is lasted is they don't get asked those questions. And if they ever do, particularly in this kind of a context where you've got signed affidavits and you've got former Air Force people with good records, uh, I don't know what they're going to do. I-, I-, I think they're in an almost impossible situation. and And the press has its limits. And so when the press sees a legitimate story and legitimate testimony and some idiot, it's, say, the CIA's press office or the CIA's press office, mm-hmm. says, oh, it's a bunch of clowns, they can get angry and come back at with eight more questions.
1: All right, and stand so by, we Stephen. we
2: are right at the edge of possibly a breakout here in the media.
1: Steve, stand by. You and I have to take our final break. explanation. Stephen Bassett is our special guest. www.paradigmresearchgroup.com dot org that's www.paradigmresearchgroup.org i'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as we wrap up this hour here in the zone from our studios in hamilton ontario canada my name is rob mcconnell don't go away
0: XZBM dot
2: Officers
1: on the scene. Hi, I'm Larry Lawson, host of Paranormal Stakeout. With over 36 years in law enforcement, I've learned a few things. The most important is the proper gathering and preservation of evidence is vital to putting the bad guy behind bars. Explanation. Uh, Steve Bassett is our special guest. It's always great having Steve on the show. Uh, Steve, and I don't know if people tell you this enough, but thank you for doing the great work that you do. It's sincerely appreciated by millions of people.
2: Oh, uh, thank you, Rob. And, and before we wrap up, I want to make sure that I once again sing the highest praise for uh, Robert Hastings and mm-hmm. Captain Robert Salas for putting together one of the most important press conferences on this subject ever held anywhere. Uh, It is the third major witness press conference. The first was held in May of 2001 by the Disclosure Project. The second was held in November of 2007 by Leslie Kane and James Fox. This is the third one, and this is a big one. Um, uh, And let me also mention that right now there are three books recently out. I mean, these are books within the last, I think, 12 months and and, and sooner, Mm -hmm. uh, that in and of themselves, if, if they were read, by any any editor or reporter uncompromised on this issue should be enough to launch multi-part series in papers all across the country. And I'm referring to Robert Hastings' UFOs and Nukes, uh, then came Leslie Kane's UFOs, Generals, Pilots, and Government Officials Speak, out, with a foreword by John Podesta, and uh, a book that will go on sale in uh, a couple of days. Uh, well, Oh, oh yeah, yes, just went on sale. I'm referring to AD after disclosure by Richard Dolan. These three books alone are more than enough to make it clear to any journalist that the biggest story of all time is breaking right now underneath their nose, and it's time to get on the side of the people and start bringing this information out. And so my hats off to Bob and Bob, and and uh, we're we're going to support the. The media coverage
1: of this that we can. So, so we've got we've got about a minute left, uh, Stephen. First of all, why do you think the government is so paranoid that the the people of this planet find out the truth?
2: Paranoia is probably not the word. It's a mixture of arrogance. Uh, it's a mixture of over caution. Um, they they know that half the people probably in the world right now already know the ETs are real. And, you know, within the context of their education mm-hmm. and background. Twenty percent in a poll by by uh, Gallup. No, by uh, I think Gallup. Yes, that I believe that people are actually living amongst us. I don't know if that's the case, but that's a profound statement. Now, this this is a highly complicated, hugely geopolitical maneuver that is overdue. It should have happened. It couldn't happen before ninety one. Mm-hmm. I there's no way that anybody inside military intelligence community was going to sell disclosure while there were forty thousand nuclear. Actually, eighty 80,000 nuclear warheads at the peak, active and ready to be launched uh, across the poles between the Soviet Union and the United States. They just weren't going to do it. And so the disclo- disclosure of that wasn't even possible until after the Cold War ended. So we're really only 19 years into the period when disclosure should have happened. It's not an inordinate amount of time. Uh, but the fact is, is that it's a complicated world. Steve There's a lot of considerations, and, and they just haven't done it. But I can tell you, they're running out of time, Rob. It's right. going to happen and happen
1: soon. We're, we've are we run out of time, Steve. Thanks very much. If there's anything important that comes up, give me a call. We'll get you back on as soon as we can. Take care, good buddy. Absolutely. All right. Bye-bye now. Steve Bassett, www.paradigmresearchgroup.org. And I'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away.
0: Progressive presents Married to Your Home.